This week's episode is brought to you in part by FNX Fit, a fitness supplements brand that can get you hooked up with all of your pre, post, during workout needs, as well as other nutritional supplements. Use checkout code CARLPOOLING at fnxfit.com to get 15% off your order. What a whirlwind of emotions. What a, a conflagration of feelings and a menagerie of hot takes, bad perspectives, strange speeches. Uh, what is up, Hunter? That's what I'm trying to say. Good morning, Chris. <laughs> I've been, uh, been sleeping a lot, not paying attention to anything that's happening. And, uh... That- Definitely haven't turned the news on. Anything happened for the past two weeks? We weren't doing a show? Trump won the election. He lost the election. He re-won the election. He re-lost the election. The Democratic Party celebrated victory while hollowing itself out at the core. And the progressives all celebrated vociferously at the defeat of Donald Trump and complained uh, unendingly at the anti-wokeness of their own brigade meanwhile fox news became part of the biden coalition and also cubans are white but filipinos are black and i'm i guess like native americans are are jewish hunter it's been such an incredibly complicated news cycle we really can't even begin but we shall we'll begin and we'll finish i feel like i feel like what you just said was nothing happened it was all as expected (laughs) here's the the thing that's crazy about all of this everything i just referenced is not a fib like that all actually was stated by someone in the mainstream media cool um, which is fun so look obviously there's only one thing to talk about this week and that's what carl pulling is welcome to the show (laughs) As a podcast between two brothers who talk to each other about stuff. Um, the only the only is... thing happening each week. <laughs> <laughs> Since exactly there's only right. ever been one. All right. I feel like you had a better point than that. But I feel like if I didn't get that stinger in, you were just going to keep doing whatever it is the show is that we do I think together. anyone that's listened to the show knows that my least favorite part is when I stop talking. Really? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Huh. Hmm. I haven't listened to the show to be fair, so maybe that's why I don't know it yet. <laughs> you you really should. Hey, you want to know one ju- just one crazy thing, just one really weird thing I don't know how to take exactly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carl Pooling the day before the election. Now, note, dear listener, I am not claiming that Carl Pooling is important enough to be on the receiving end of a targeted ban. Far be it from me. We are all small but mighty. Mighty is key. But Carl Pooling was I had I had a tweet that started to go viral. I got like fifty likes in a matter Ooh. of minutes. Whoa. At the beginning of the like on the I don't know, what day do we elect people? Tuesday. So like sure. m- maybe Monday, I got like fifty likes in a matter of minutes. And then it immediately stopped. And I was like, This is bizarre. What's going on? So I went and clicked around and saw that 
our replies were being de-boosted by using the shadowbanning.eu tool. Mm. Okay. Here's another thing. The metrics for carpooling count the number of RSS subscribers that hit our RSS feed URL, our podcast URL, every day. Hunter, month to month, if you're looking at the month to month metrics, yep. we dropped we dropped nearly well two sevenths of we dropped two sevenths of our audience. I saw that. Over the four weird. days surrounding the election, if you view previous month, mm-hmm. today we are above our last month's total. You know what? Very um, weird. Jack Dorsey, come for me. I, I can take <laughs> you on. I can take you on in your stupid hipster beard. What are you, some kind of like drunk Buddhist monk? I don't have time Jack, for that. <laughs> Jack Dorsey... Um, not that I want any physical violence to happen to him, but that beard no, is just Christopher, like, for don't lie. It's just like a sign that says punch above this. Like, it's just so, <laughs> it's really bad. Detestable. Did you see him at the Senate hearings about the, about the New York post article and whatnot? No, I don't believe that Twitter can be used as a, uh, political force. Uh, he, it's <laughs> one of the tools that people have to communicate, uh, their, uh, political, uh, points of view and uh no it is a real beard for one he talks <laughs> with the cadence of somebody who's high in public and is trying not to get caught like between every sentence he has to be like they don't know oh my god they know oh they don't know oh my god oh my god they know <laughs> like, oh my god but also yeah the beard is un it's it's unconscionable as a as a member of the bearded community which hunters joined us for this winter um Correct. but but in addition to that, he literally had the had the cojones um, to go in a deposition in front of Congress to say that Twitter does not. He, I think Ted Cruz posed the question, but he yeah. literally said that that Twitter does not change the minds of people about political issues. And I threw doesn't up, have the power to right can't. It's right. inconceivable. Right. I don't think that means what you think it means. <laughs> Regardless. I just, uh, I, I can't stand him. Anyway, weird stuff. All that is to say is that this election uh, certainly was fraught with its own fair share of interesting, questionable, strange, sometimes outright um, outright partisan yes. issues. And we're going to get into all of them because I, th- I think Hunter... And maybe you've got road killing for us, so maybe we can we can pause right here. But I'll just put oh, it I this have way: road killing for you, Christopher. I'm so excited. It's been too long. I think we find ourselves at a crossroads, and okay. it's. I think that if you are a conservative, and you have your finger in the air, and you you are picking up on which way the wind is blowing, if you live your life in the same way that you were before last Tuesday, if you go Mm -hmm. forward in the same manner, I think you're making a mistake. I think that we, what a lot of people are seeing as a loss, we should be viewing as a unmitigated opportunity to change the political landscape and the political discourse in this country for years to come. And, you know, we've been gearing up for this election saying, this is the fight, this is the fight. A lot of people who can only look at the top of the ticket are going to say that we lost this fight. We have, we have won the first battle. And it is time to entrench. It is time to 
take the proper actions and and make some significant changes so that when we come around to the 2020 midterms or the 2024 presidential election, we Mm -hmm. are poised to do what needs to be done to ensure the defeat of Marxism and the continued liberty of the country. Anyway, that's what today's episode is going to be about. We got a lot to talk about. For the love of God, interject some levity. All right, I can, I can, I can jack some enters. I don't know. If you sli- if you switch yeah. it up, Swip if you it switch up. it up, if you switch it up, it's a new. It's a, the, 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 the millennials are saying that, Chris. The millennials no, are hip now. They're not. I feel like you had all the time while I was talking to just come up with the next ten words, and you uh-huh. punted as hard as possible. That would that would imply that I don't listen to you, Christopher, which <laughs> now explains why you don't ever respond to the it's things I say. Show business. We're not supposed to be listening to each other. It's show <laughs> business. Uh, this comes from typically good CNN uh, anchor Jake Tapper. This is a tweet. Okay. Oh. I know this tweet already, but I just I want to remind the, the audience. Um, oh, yeah. What, what are we doing right now? Roadkill is where we, we lambast something that's happened in the news that's already dead. And we just point it out while we drive by onto more important tasks. So, Hunter, hit us with Take Japper's tweet. Take uh, Per Taps Jake. Nope. Okay, Jake Tapper. <laughs> I'm gonna kill you before we even get to the news. Um, I this is a beautiful tweet from Jake Jake Tapper. I'm screwing myself up. I truly sympathize with those dealing with losing. It's not easy, but at a certain point, one has to think not only about what's best for the nation, peaceful transfer of power, but how any future employers might see your your character defined during adversity. So. What Jake is allowing us to know is that, hey, are you upset about how the election happened? Do you think that maybe somebody might have done something wrong in the voting booth? Or not necessarily the voting booth, but voting could have been a little squirrely? Well, Home Depot's not going to hire you with that attitude, young man. So he, 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 this, is, this is one of the uh, most, like, secret polician, like, right. you know report what's happening to your local precinct lead it's such a it's such an ignorant dirty thing to say yeah Uh, if you think something went wrong shut up because now would be you're almost at the end of the race don't let people know that you supported trump now right Um, think about your future you know sort of thing like you don't have to you don't have to make a public public profession of it it can just be a secret between you and the voting ballot you know no reason to say anything it's so weird and i also think i mean i'm sure we're going to get into voter fraud uh and all that stuff um but it's also like people have the right to express their opinions they can be wrong in those opinions and those opinions can be proved out in courts of law and it doesn't matter and it shouldn't really depending on how strange those opinions are affect how they're employed in a free society like you know you should be able to have different political opinions from your boss and get a job that should be okay listen to how dumb this what jake tapper is really saying is this Uh is how mathematically stupid it is trump got the second most votes of any president of any politician in america of all time i think the only 
challenge to the number of votes across the globe would be China just because of their sheer amount of people. And when I say Chinese votes, I'm winking, um, you know, because <laughs> their votes matter a lot. And it's like it's like a vote for Putin, you know, like, wow, right. can't can't right. believe you pulled that one out again from the brink, from the brink, from the brink. Uh, it was um, close, Putin. Yeah. So so literally one of the most popular politicians on planet Earth of all time, he got very nearly uh, 50% support. You know what he's he bouncing right around 48% of the of the popular vote, 47 sure. and 48%. The numbers continue to decrease uh, as more of the mail-in votes are counted. But what what Jake Tapper is saying is that half of America should either not speak freely about what they think or not work. Yeah. What? Yeah, exactly. Exactly like, right. Uh, what kind of a con- and that's that's a voting age Americans that you know like what kind well, of free society are you looking for, Jake Tapper? Because that, I have a feeling that's a very stupid, ineffective one, Christopher. That's it. Just goes to show how ignorant you are sometimes on the show to say things like that. Because there's an obvious fifty percent group of the population that we don't want thinking or working, and definitely not both. <laughs> Hunter, you don't look. <laughs> Whether or not I want it, 50% of the population doesn't think already. So let's leave that by itself. Kadoosh! Here's, here's the other side. Somebody has to spin cranks, and we need them. And it shows how disconnected Jake Tapper is to look down his nose at people right. that would hire a conservative to do a job. How, right. how out of touch he is with the Rust Belt. How out of touch he is with, um, with, with blue-collar America to say something so... Uh, insanely untenable like that I, I mean it it literally if you applied that principle broadly it would destroy any economy on planet earth including america so right uh congratulations jake tapper i i think we need to start giving a, maybe in conjunction and it doesn't have to be weekly but maybe in conjunction with roadkill we need to start giving the carl pooling certified long walk off a short pier award because uh, it's <laughs> nicer than telling people to go directly to hell so so i think we I love it it's indirect. Maybe that. Maybe it could be go indirectly to hell. <laughs> like take oh, your time, but still. Right, take I don't your know. Time. Let's go with the long, the long walk, short pier award. Jake Tapper this week, you win. Yeah. Uh, Carl Pulling's yeah. Carl Pulling's long walk, short pier award. I like first the ever is a long pier. meander because it just sounds less <laughs> offensive and mean. Walk is such a hard like that. Still, that K is such a crass consonant. You know. <laughs> When Brian Stelter wins, it will be a skip. Um, anyway, <laughs> there we anyway, go. I love my wife, and she is very, very female. Um, <laughs> so let's, uh, let's. Oh wow, we're being deboosted already. That was weird. We haven't posted the episode. <laughs> One of the only times I got banned on Twitter was for dunking on Brian Stelter. Jack had to come protect him. He's like, "Don't listen, honey. Go back to bed." I'm sure they're not saying that many mean things about you. Yeah. Um, and then he rolled over. So anyway, uh, let's let's get into the election. We got so much to talk about today, and my my brain is exploding as the weeks have been going on, accreting with things that I think are vital to uh, say and be said and be heard and be believed and be acted out. So let's just talk about where we are right now. It's the tenth of November. We're a week past the election, mm-hmm. effectively. And here's the facts. No matter what your talking head says, um, 
the election is not over. Right. Now, smart money would say that Biden walks away with this thing. I think Biden's going to walk away with this thing. Hunter, I think you probably think the same thing. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah, I think you're 100% correct. I think the thing to like to say to people is when AP calls an election, that's a prediction, right? And right. it's important to understand that. So when you're seeing you know, everybody saying that it looks like smart money's on Biden, it means this is probably what's going to happen, and that's okay. Um, an election takes place when the Electoral College elects a new president. Which that's doesn't happen election. until January. Correct. And so, that's when you become the president-elect. Correct. And so all of those, like, those bold terms are important, and maybe the culture, you know, tries to say something different, but we're getting these like you know it's it's fair game until that happens and also this is kind of stupid too it, this probably would never ever ever happen but this is just an important thing to keep in your mind so that you can be an astute student of politics is that the electoral college can do whatever they want they well, can walk in there depending on the state depending on the state it's a good thing yeah. to say but they can walk in there and go yeah i know georgia voted for uh joe but Nah, I'm voting for Trump. It's something that can happen. And right. depending on the state, uh, I'm pretty sure Georgia is the one that allows them to pick. Now, the minute that happened, that would probably change. But just so you know, like, it's not over until the Electoral College votes. And more than likely, they would never, ever, ever, ever do that. But that's when an election has happened. So. It has happened in the past in a very tight race. Um, sure. And I can't quote to you chapter and verse what that was right now. But that is a fact. It has happened in the past. So... That that's where we sit. The election's not over. The smart money's on Biden. Look, he's up by some pretty considerable margins in some pretty important races, and it doesn't look like that's going to be overturned anytime soon. So that is what it is. I think that the smart thing to do for most uh, conservatives, most Republicans at the moment, is to resign themselves to a Biden victory here. Now, while sure. I say that, the other the other side of that conversation is there are some some legitimate legal challenges in some of these key swing states trump would need to prove a lot of voter fraud in a lot of different areas to have any meaningful change in the election those uh those items are still under investigation there's it should be completely non-controversial to say that we should wait it out and go through the the process and make sure that there's no challenges here you know there was 30 days of this meandering uh, under Bush-Gore with Florida. And there's no reason we shouldn't have that here. It was an incredibly tight election. And who knows what could happen? We can say this, and maybe this is the first stop on our election talking point roundup tour, uh, driving to our ultimate, our ultimate summit. Sure. Um, but... I think we should I think we should touch in here. One of the reasons that we're seeing some of these legal challenges is because there was this amazing overnight shift in the numbers between Tuesday night and Wednesday morning for Joe Biden in some very key states including the you know the Rust Belt states and Georgia, North Carolina. We saw this amazing shift for Biden. And the reason was because there were a bunch of mail-in ballots that had to be counted that broke very, very 
uh, unfavorably for Trump. And so as right. those were counted, they showed this this incredible turning in the polls. If if yep. you counted only in-person voting, Trump won this walking away. Sure. If you add in all of the mail-in votes, that's that's where Biden took it. And so it it had this air of what what happened overnight to it. So it felt that there was a big feel bad associated with it. This yeah. feel bad was exacerbated by the fact that mail-in voting is not absentee voting. And I don't know if we've discussed that yet on the show, Hunter, but we probably need to get into it. We can do that. I mean, it's it's pretty simple. If you're not going to be, um, if you will not be able to vote on election day, you can request an absentee ballot. They're actually, depending on your state, uh, they're not that hard to get. Um, you Some know, states a couple... don't need a justification. Right. They just send you, you one. Yep. And so you can you can get it done pretty quickly. Mail-in voting is where you elect to receive a ballot. It's mailed to your house, and then you fill it out and mail it back. Um, it's a different process altogether because it doesn't necessarily require you to say that you won't be there on election day. Right. Here's another part of the mail-in ballot controversy. You don't have to verify your identity in any meaningful way. In right. fact, some in some places, like California, for instance, did this, they just sent a mail-in ballot to the last known address of anybody who was registered to vote in a given county. So yes. ballots just started showing up that could be counted um, without any identity verification. In addition to that, anybody realistically could pick up that that ballot and vote with it. You know, right. you know, you could vote for your roommate, you could vote for your wife, you could vote for your daughter. However, there it wasn't this to check to be like. We sent it to so and so, and yes, we received it back from so and so. Yeah, it was just, it's just this we sent these ballots out into the world haphazardly, and we got them back and we're going to count them. And Hunter, I guess here's where I want to get into my first point mail in ballots were a huge mistake. Um, a huge, a huge mistake. I think the, the, Let, the thing to say there is like mail in balloting during a pandemic on its face makes sense. And if well, municipalities wish to utilize mail-in balloting, that's their decision. However, it was not well put together. It was not well organized. It was not well thought through. Let, and I let, think me, that's, be, let yeah. me be clear. Yeah. I love absentee ballots. Sure, me too. They're All fine. the time. I don't think you should have to have a reason. I don't think there should need to be a justification. Right. I think that it helps more people vote, which is... In theory, the goal of a democracy. I'm saying mail-in ballots not are a mistake. Ballots. I'm with you. You should have to request. That makes sense to me. That way we and can it, verify your identity and your address. There's no reason not to do it. There's right. no reason not to do it. And here's the problem. Even even though mail-in ballots, which we know they are, are, are ripe for the picking for people who would want to commit voter fraud, and many mm -hmm. people have. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that they did in numbers large enough to sway the election. But just the fact that it's such a viable target right. undermines the confidence of people in the election, regardless if they had if the fraudulent activity had a tangible effect. Yeah, I think that I think that makes sense. I also think there's a lot of like what's the, what's the right way to put it? I also think there's been a lot of like boohooing on the uh, what I think so 
Trump has been like saying, oh, they're going to steal the election from me. Ooh. You know, which is like, come on, dude. You know, there's not a lot of evidence that that election fraud takes place in the United States. Are we doing I something mean, unprecedented? To be clear, Hunter, Biden did put together the largest voting fraud organization in the history of the United States. That's just me quoting him. No, he might have oh. misspoke. <laughs> he might have but said he, it wrong, though. He did say that. <laughs> That's funny. Um, and uh, even though that, that, you know, there's not a lot of widespread voting fraud. However, um, doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. And it also doesn't mean that um, mail-in voting is necessarily a great idea. It's one of the things that we've said a long time, and I really think we're going to hit it hard on this show, is it matters what you say when you're the president. It matters what you say when you're at a top. It matters what you say in a position of leadership. And if someone with more competence was able to say, like, look, I don't think the American people are going to cheat. You know, I don't think that's going to happen. But mm -hmm. mail-in balloting is not absentee balloting. And here are the key differences between that. And this is why I think it's important for our states to uh, honor the vote and honor the people that are there and make sure that there isn't an opportunity to take advantage of the system. You know, totally. something along something along those lines would have been so much better than, yeah. But if they do mail in balloting, they'll steal the election from me. <laughs> you know, yeah. Just, Which it, hey, it's just look, cute. Maybe we'll see in sure. court. I haven't seen any evidence for it. You haven't seen any evidence for it, Hunter. Maybe nope. maybe that is what happened. I personally sure. doubt it. But yep. here we are. But you're totally right. What? Why can't we just say? Don't politicize this. Just say it's a mistake. It's mm -hmm. stupid on the face on its face. It's stupid on the merits. And no matter what, only the most judicious, only the most fair members of the losing side, when this thing all finally comes out in the wash, are going mm -hmm. to look at it and still have faith in the institution. Because you've basically given the the more partisan tribal members of the other side every reason to believe that this was stolen. And right. that was stupid. That's really, really stupid on both sides. And so we shouldn't have done it. We should not have pursued a widespread mail-in voting campaign. We shouldn't have been changing the rules in the last minute like we did in Pennsylvania. We should have not been having these court orders, these arguments about whether or not we're going to accept ball ballots three days late. Do right. not er erode public faith in free and fair elections at your own peril. We certainly did a bunch to erode it this time around, and that was a huge mistake. No, even if voter fraud, even if not a single vote was turned in fraudulently, the erosion does damage, and that was that's a huge problem. I really, really hope um, that that's something that we see state governments and focus on in the next couple of years. Is mm -hmm. I. I honestly feel like when we talk about mail-in voting and we talk about absentee ballots and we talk about voter fraud, we're like having the completely wrong conversation. And the right conversation is why is there not an app? <laughs> which yeah. is which is how I feel about it. Maybe and, so. And I feel like I feel like there's actually some really smart solutions to that problem, um, such as like you have to be on a certain IP address to like utilize it for this individual. You have to have their social security, their phone number. Like I feel like there's some really like simple things that you can do to like correlate with somebody but i haven't thought a ton about that issue i just feel like there is a good solution there if that sort of I'm makes sense i'm thinking nfc's and blockchains baby but you know what right that's not the kind of show we are except for right. we could be at some point in the future um welcome to code hour <laughs> with the carl boys uh have you guys ever tried to pythagora theorem i haven't <laughs> okay so let's just let's leave that 
in its bubble. You didn't laugh. Uh, I well, it's a Pythagorean you didn't laugh at my theorem. Joke. Well, I, I, I you didn't laugh at my joke. You know that I edit this podcast, so I could just mute you whenever I want, right? <laughs> There's just, just dead make you silence. sound like a totally crazy person. There's just dead silence. No, no, no. Between, like... Better yet, I'm just gonna mute me, and she's <laughs> gonna be you talking to yourself, and then talk. You didn't laugh at my joke, and that's, people will think that's that you're so completely good. insane. That could be the um, singer at the end of the episode. I love it. It could be, uh, yeah. if I am not too lazy to to edit that in. Okay, so yeah. let's pretend leave that. it was. It was a mistake. I hope that states change their mind about this in the future. For the time being, until we have a perfect solution, no problem with absentee ballots. They're far more valid. Don't erode public trust. Now, let's talk about another aspect of the night. Pollsters? I don't know why anybody outside of the four walls at Trafalgar have a job. Seriously, <laughs> you guys are. Uh, well, um, I'm gonna. I, I, you ready for our show to get banned? Um, sure. My my roommate. Um, should I maybe not say my roommate? No one knows who my roommate is. Um, he told me a funny joke that he was told one time. He said that the word retarded was offensive, so instead we should say mentally gay. <laughs> which <laughs> the first time I heard it, it was way worse. I had to change everything I was wearing. Um, <laughs> anyhow, Even but your baseball cap, yeah, they, the pollsters could not have been more wrong about this. Yeah. I will say this one piece onto that. They were really wrong in Florida, in Texas and, in uh, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally bogus. Most everywhere else, I think uh got it right and that tells me it's kind of complicated it it tells me a couple things you know one is that they really didn't know how to project uh the uh you know hispanic vote in both uh florida and texas very well and they got something really really wrong in michigan and i don't know what it was I'm going to push back on you a little bit, Hunter, because sure. one of the things that, that Nate Silver did this time around, and I think Nate Silver is actually more correct than most pollsters, sure. although really the only person who gets any points this time around is Trafalgar, in my opinion. But sure. the the they do this thing that they give these these windows, and then they give you a margin of error in the windows, and it says, well, anybody could win this state. It's a toss-up, right? Right. But there's there was... On the national polling, before the election started, they had yep. Trump down almost 10 points in the national popular vote. And that was sprinkled throughout the individual state battles. Sure. Now, they, no, you're they, right. It, That's right. It was still within the realm of possibility that Trump won this election um, based on their models and their projections. I think like right before the vote started being counted on Tuesday, they had him at a 20% chance. Right. Um, a one in five chance of winning the election. However, I was talking to you, Hunter, beforehand, and I said I think that there is a five to eight percent secret Trump vote that's hiding out there that these pollsters aren't capturing. And mm-hmm. mostly, I, I saw that by comparing Trafalgar and their methodologies versus the other methodologies was how I came to that conclusion. I was almost exactly right. Trump's right. down about two and a half to three points. 
So Correct. did he lose the popular vote? Yes, but not nearly as much as the pollsters thought. And so what I'm saying about the the individual state races, Trump won a lot of these states by a lot wider of a margin than a lot of these pollsters predicted. So it's not that it was out of the realm of possibility that he would win a given state in their model, but the amount by which he won was yes. disastrous for some of these polling agencies. So there's a little bit of now now in some races they got it totally right, like Georgia. Like right. you Georgia really could nailed it. Yeah, you really couldn't have been more accurate. But that's the it seems to me this time around it's the exception, not the rule. Um Yeah. I, I agree with that. And I think when you also go and you look at like the Senate races and the House races, what we were expecting to see, like something's way off there. You know, so, you know, we're making the sin of caring about the top of the tippet, the top of the ticket in the beginning of this conversation. <laughs> the tip talk of the, the, the tip top of the ticket. I say words very well. I'm on I'm a professional caster of pods. Um, I think that's just going to be my game tonight. It's just mixing up the words. So anyway, but uh, sorry that but, like the most important episode in Carl pulling history is unlistenable game. <laughs> uh, they come here for two things. They come here for the spoofs and the goofs, and they also come for the for politics. So they definitely don't come for the manner by which we count the number of things they come for. They come here for three things. Four. <laughs> Um. Anyway, no. So I think I think that's a great point, and I think when you're talking about everything, you know, below the ticket is really bad. And so I think one of the things that will be mm-hmm. really interesting is for like, and this is honestly a Nate Silver question because he's probably going to look at it the most is what went wrong? What were we not thinking about? Were we depressing turnout because of COVID? Were we taking previous um, turnout models and using that to see what Republican vote would be? Why didn't we think about uh, the Hispanic vote? Uh, Why did we get wrong about these house races? What were the factors that the polls weren't taking into account? Um, Sure. I think those are really interesting questions, quite honestly, because um, I have my theories, but I don't have my facts yet on that. And I think there's a lot of things for us to discuss, which I think more or less gets us to the first thing we wanted to talk about. Trump lost, but conservatism won. Before we get there, because it's definitely where I want to go. And okay, go I'm ahead. glad you brought up bottom of ticket. Let me just hit you with one little side street before okay. we move on. Because I think that there was another thing going on here, and it, it, it's part of the argument that I'm going to make at the end of this show. Uh-huh. 2016, I know you and I disagree about this, maybe some of the measurements specifically. But the okay. polls in 2016, in my opinion, were horrible. Now... I know that they do this cover your bets thing, and it wasn't at what happened in 2016 wasn't out of the realm of possibility. Sure. But at the beginning of the night in 2016, Trump versus Hillary, Hillary was literally at a 99% chance of victory. Right. On the, on the, little, the little New York Times dials that went back and forth. I mean, that's right. She was at a 99% chance. And so what uh, the pollsters are saying, oh, well, that 1% came true. No. You screwed up. And what it was is they, in all of these battleground states, because it was coin flip after coin flip after coin flip after coin flip that they lost in these battleground states, where they said, okay, Hillary's got a 60% advantage in this in this swing state. Oh, well, it turns, it turns out she lost that state by the same margin they thought she was going to win by. They weren't even close. And they were not close in so many different races in a row that for me, it's not just like, wow, you hit the one out of 100 in the model. To me, it's... 
no, your model was totally screwed. Um, you know what's really interesting, Chris, is because the polls in 2016 were off, air quotes, and the polls in 2018 were right on the money, um, and then the polls in 2020 were clearly off. Right. The map in 2018 was actually really good for Democrats um, based on the seats. Like, they were, you know, there was a lot of, like, strong Democratic uh, Congress positions open. Maybe Democrats are more likely to respond to polling. Well, or maybe I, that's quite. Po- I definitely th- I'd put it this way at least. Pollsters do not know how to talk to Republicans. It seems that way. I don't know and what that means exactly, but it, it would there seem was, obvious. There was some. Uh, there was a study out. Ben Shapiro was referencing it. Um, I think on his show either yesterday or today about how political correctness might actually be the culprit. Um, because Trump people don't want to be honest with you. Here's sure. another funny thing because I got in a tw- little Twitter spat with someone over this. They were like, "Trump's you. probably Trump's probably overrepresented in the polls because uneducated people answer the phone and say, you know, who they're voting for. More educated people wouldn't answer the phone." To which I would say, yeah. actually, uh, Republicans probably answer the phone less because they are working at their jobs. Not taking government <laughs> benefits. Regardless. Regardless. Anyway, so I was like, this is a stupid comment for these reasons. And I, I let him yes. know what I was thinking. Okay, but anyway, yes. here's the interesting thing. Education within a, uh, within a group, like white males, education within a demographic group had less than a 1% chance of predicting who you voted for. Similarly really? educated. Yes, in this election. Similarly educated um White males, for instance, voted for Biden and Trump at an equal 49%. That's important to think about. Regardless, I'll say these people don't know how to predict polls. And so, in 2016, they were totally wrong. So you're saying, I hear what you're saying, that Nate Silver's going to come out now, he's going to study the issue and hopefully tell us what went wrong. Well, they did this in 2016. And I know that we're looking back at the past with some rose-tinted glasses because the pollsters are still alive somehow. And, (laughs) And... they are saying, well, here's the couple of missteps that we took on our model was wrong, but only by this much. And some of that's true, but also I think some of that is revisionist. But here's the, here's the heart of the issue. How, how is it possible that you learned no lessons, that, you were, that in 2016, you got the popular vote exactly right, the pollsters did, and they got every swing state wrong, every right. single swing state wrong. This right. time around, they, didn't even, they, they had a, a 7% fudge number in the national polling, I don't understand how, especially after the past four years of being gaslit continuously by the media, I don't understand how you could legitimately believe that they're not push-polling here. And what I mean is they're providing such an overwhelmingly bad estimate that they are trying to keep people from coming out and wasting the time of their day. I, I, I personally don't, believe, I don't see a path for me to believe that there's not push-polling going on. Not accusing every group. Not even accusing uh, uh, five thirty eight actually, right? But well, some of pull. these, yeah. But some of these groups, I don't see how you couldn't be push pulling. I I will say this because I've thought the same thing, and then there's two things that kind of come to me that I think answer this question. One sample set is two, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and also, I think the other thing is, um, you mean two we, elections? two elections with Trump. You know what I mean? And I think, and I think I, what I mean by that is I think Trump was such a, 
new figure to politics that all the possible ways he could have influenced them may not be easily discernible with only two times. Okay. Um, then I would say the other thing is politics has become so much of our lives um, from 2016 to 2018 that people who weren't activated are activated. And that's clearly seen in the national vote, right? You're right. A huge turnout, which is not all attributable to population growth. Correct. And so my point being is I don't know if those are answers. Those are just the two things that popped to my head that could possibly explain some of it. But at the same time, it, that's not a, none of those are silver bullets. And that's why I'm saying like one of the things I'm really interested to find out is what do we learn, you know, now that we've goofed up twice, if you will. Yeah. And I think that I think that honest people will have something to learn. I'll also say this, Hunter. I think that Trump is less of a singular figure. We we know this. He's not. He's not the reason that politics isn't the way that he is now. I mean, Shapiro puts it that he's not the murderer of American politics. He's the coroner. Um, After Obama got done. Can you imagine stabbing the body? Can you imagine Trump uh, touching a dead body, by the way? Like (laughs) none of your life sport. He pays people for that. (laughs) Regardless, well, he uh, uh, if he did, he wouldn't wear a mask or gloves. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but he washed his hands afterwards. <laughs> Here's the thing: um, he didn't do this. He's not the singular figure in American You're politics. Right. I don't think You're so. Right. Especially not if we look if we look at the conduct of the media over the past four years. What I think is different, and and the reason it's easy to say that Trump is a singular figure because on a certain level of analysis, you're totally right. But yeah. here's my question. When Romney was going to put black people back in chains back in 2012, right. how is Trump the singular figure now? He didn't do right. anything. I mean, he, sure, he was more bombastic than Romney, and I think that was riding off the back of a bunch of people that wanted to punch Don Lemon in the mouth. But but I don't I never think— said that. I don't, <laughs> not, not in a recording. But I <laughs> think that—, <laughs> I think that Trump's not the singular figure. I think that the media made Trump the quote singular figure. But I'm I agree. I, I think that everybody you know what? There's one thing that Trump said from from his time in office that could not have been more true. And it is this. They don't yeah. hate me. They attack me because they hate you and I'm right. defending you. There's nothing that he has said that is more true than that. And I so anyway, I would I would say that it's not that maybe it is that they treated Trump differently than they've treated anybody in the past. They certainly treated him worse than they treated anybody in the past. But I don't think he's unique in that the next Republican that runs isn't going to face the same treatment the from same these attacks. institutions. Right. If anything, what should be different is the Republican faces them differently, which I think is going right. to be the course of our conversation tonight. And we'll, we'll um, get into it. CBS is already laying the groundwork for this, by the way. Um, anyhow, we'll get into oh, it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that sounds interesting. So, um, yeah. So, here's the thing. I've seen a lot of hot takes from my friends uh, who I assume voted for Biden and the Harris ticket. Um, and they're all thrilled and stuff. And, you know, more power to them if you voted for the president, you know, and you, the person on your team won, you know, we should all be fine with that. Um, Feels good. It scratches your id. Feels good. Sure. Sure. And I mean, I get that. Uh, every single president I have voted for since I have been allowed to vote for presidents has lost. So maybe you shouldn't <laughs> listen to this show. Me too. 
<laughs> so that, there's that. Um, could you vote for Mitt? Uh, I guess you could. I was 20. I could, but I did not. Oh, cool. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Very cool. I'm a sham. I'm a charlatan. You didn't laugh how, at my joke. How old anyway. was I? 18. Or well, you may have been you may have missed it because it is a 6-month thing, right? Like I you have to be know. 8 I think it well, no, wait, no, it's six, I'm getting confused. I think you done screwed up, Chris. Um I'll be anyway. honest, I'm glad I didn't vote when I was 18. Thank God. <laughs> That's actually true. Uh but I so Everybody looking at the top of the ticket gets the top of the ticket message. I know I have family members that are like depressed that Trump didn't win. And Mm -hmm. I know that I have friends that are like thrilled that Biden won. Mm -hmm. Um, That being said, that's a very, very unastute reading of what happened. Yeah. Um, And the easiest thing to say, the easiest way to get that is something we've already kind of hinted at. Um, The Republicans were supposed to lose the Senate. Um, the Republicans were supposed to lose ground in the House of Congress. Uh, the Republicans were not supposed to pick up a gubernatorial seat. And the Republicans were definitely not going to pick up major victories in state governments. Um, none of those happened. Uh, it, it's not 100% what the House of, what the Senate is going to look like at this point. The Senate it, currently has, has 48 to yes. 50. 50 Republicans, 48 Democrats. Technically 49 because Alaska takes a very, very, very long time to say the thing we are already know. But you are correct. They haven't called it. Yeah, they haven't called it. (laughs) They've got 60% of the vote in for the Republican, and they still are like, we're counting, I guess. Balto's driving the rest of the votes in. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or his descendants. I'm sure he's right. not with us anymore. God rest his soul. God um, rest his soul. Anyhow. But the right. Senate it, the Senate is going to be is 50 Republican, 48 Democrat. There's two runoffs in Georgia. Um, it's if you are in Georgia and you are a Republican, hold on just a second, Hunter. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys. Um, I If you're on the left and you're listening to this show. Oh, yeah. Please. Could, could you look? You guys won. Okay, good jo- good work. You won. Hold on. Congratulations. Congratulations. We 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 seed defeat. Please yeah. you won. Please go share champagne and kiss each other in the middle of Fifth Avenue. And mm-hmm. let us let us just have a quick talk with our team in the locker room, okay? Turn the podcast make, off. Make COVID not curse you since it is woke as you. Yes. Uh, it's very woke, very corona, very, very 19. Corona. Yeah, have a um, corona. Have okay. a corona. Okay, okay, are they gone? But we, we need to have we need to have a little talk with our with our Okay. And if the are the lefties gone? Okay. If you're in Georgia go vote. <laughs> if you're in Georgia, if you're in Georgia vote. If you're a conservative, go vote. There's no reason we should lose these two seats. The this is absolutely gonna be based on turnout since we don't have Trump on the ticket. Um so so getting the base out is gonna be key. Uh, let me just put uh, Purdue, whatever. Look, he's fine. Okay, look at him. Here's the main <laughs> thing he has going for him. He's not John Ossoff, and John Ossoff is like, he's like Hunter Biden with less time. Uh, I hate him so much. Don't vote for him. That's All right, good. second. It's really good. If you actually want to know, write in, and I'll, I'll I'll give you a list of reasons why I dislike John Ossoff. He's just a, 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 a it, how can you be so young and yet so slimy? You shouldn't have even had time to get slimy yet. Okay, second point. 
Um, Kelly Loeffler actually has a bill that's still pending in the Senate to repeal part of the National Firearms Act. Um, and if you don't, if we could do a whole episode on the NFA. I hate the son of a gun, and um, we we should discuss it. Not not saying that I'm for everybody having a machine gun. We could talk about that. I'm not getting into the whole points, but like the silencers portion, sure. she's trying to repeal that. Go vote for Loeffler. Um, so, and then I'll let you shoot my, I'll let you shoot my silence. They are. How about that? Fair, de- hey, fair trade. Hey, everybody. All right. Hey. Okay. One second. Hey, you all can come back in. We're done. We told them how bad they were. It's totally okay. We promise. Okay. All right. Good. I think they're back. Oh, are they back? back? Oh, okay. Know. Sorry. I was yelling so loudly. I couldn't see. Um, so anyway, uh, so yeah, no, um, I think that's you all really good. The Senate is kind of this. This is an important thing to know. Georgia has never, ever, ever elected a Democrat in a runoff Senate election in its entire history as a state. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a thing to know. Um, the other thing to know is uh, Georgia has voted for uh, Democratic presidents before. Yeah, we've gone uh, blue before. So it's important to like keep all that in mind, um, and I think that's why people feel pretty strongly uh, that at least it will be fifty-one red seats in the Senate, which is um, good because that means Kamala Harris doesn't have the tie-breaking vote, which would be correct. Terrible, terrible. Um, um, how many was, seats did we pick up in the House, Hunter? What's the latest? So last I heard, it was like eight Wall to thirteen. Street, Wall Street Journal. I saw we picked up six. Um, which was, it's pretty big, um, quite mm-hmm. honestly. I don't know where that number is, uh, realistically. Um, but, but the thing is, we were supposed to lose them and we didn't. Um, here's the other thing. We picked up a gubernatorial seat, which is great. Now there's 27 uh, governors, uh, Republican governors. And I, I, don't like, I don't like the terms we, and we'll probably touch on this when we get to the last point here. We is shorthand, okay? Like, I mostly consider myself an independent, but when we get to like the ideas and the things that are going on right now, I think we just make sense. Um, it's just shorthand. I don't mean to say necessarily that you, you know, like it's a team or like the Republicans won, but we'll, we'll get to that point. Yeah, it's we'll just get to the it. Easiest, it's just the easiest way to talk sometimes. Um, and then the other thing that happened is uh, state governments. We picked up seats. There I go again. Now, the thing about this that is really, really interesting and why this is so bad if you're a democratic politician is guess what this year is Chris 2020. That's right. Yep. We just did redistricting. So redistricting is coming up. Now, if you control state governments, you control redistricting. Now here's the thing. Not to get into like, if that makes sense, if gerrymandering's good or bad or whatever, because I honestly think that's the wrong discussion when we're talking about the politics of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. What I mean is to say is like, if the electoral college is the game, you don't get to cl- complain about the rules if you run, right? Right. If redistricting is the game, you don't get to complain about it when you lose. Um, now, you might say, well, it's not very fair. It's not very democratic. And I would say, excuse me, we are in a democratic re- republic, good sir. Uh, you yeah. need to relook at your history to kind of understand what that means. It's not um, a democracy anymore, Carl. It's not a democracy anymore, Carl. Pooling. Um, so, <laughs> but, you know, we, we need to, like, explain some of that. But I think where, you know, as far as the politics of this election, 
really bad below Trump. And Christopher, I want to posit this to you. I think losing Trump in this election is the best thing that could have happened to Republicans to some extent. Now, not necessarily like if you're on your agendas and your policies and what you wanted for the next four years, but here's the thing. Trump is no longer the focus of the news cycle. Whoa. You know, right. and like, if what do they have to talk about? <laughs> what do they have to talk about? Biden, Kamala, uh, Pelosi, right? Those are going to be the people in power. Why can't you three get Mitch McConnell to sign on to what you're talking about? I mean, you know, that's going to be right. Well, Mitch McConnell is going to become the new Trump. But Hunter, I don't sure. think, uh, why, by the way, Lindsey Graham, who was supposed to lose, get back. Yeah. Mitch McConnell. Yeah, and you know what? That's really, <laughs> these are the people I love. You know, like Mitch McConnell. Like, oh, I like a lot of things about Mitch McConnell. No, look, not everything. But something okay. I love about Mitch McConnell is it, instead of going on Twitter and being like, "I'm angry," it's this at, at Brian Stelter for saying this to me. Mitch McConnell's just like, "I couldn't give a damn," <laughs> and I love that. You're about actually him. right. Like You're Lindsey Graham, right. I love Lindsey Graham when he's on his game. Ted Cruz. I honestly think would have been one of the best picks for president because he's a policy wonk and a very intelligent guy. Um, sure. Now, maybe he's not the most charismatic. Yeah, whatever. So, anyhow, uh, these are the people I like. Um, the people that, that worked with Trump. The people that kept tried to keep him away from his lesser demons and stuck to his better angels. The Nikki Haley's of the world who were part right. of his cabinet. Um, the You know... Mad Dog where Mattis, who carpet-bombed ISIS and turned their, their crappy little dune hill into a sea of glass. These are the people that I love. Um, they saw the opportunity that they had with Trump and didn't allow Trump to rule their actions. Right, And it's why and, we've had four years of the most conservative governance that we've ever seen. I mean, right. I mean, truly in decades. No, I completely agree. Trump's administration governed more conservative. I mean, you'd have to go back past Reagan, I think, to find an administration that governed as conservatively as this one. It definitely wasn't any of the Bushes. It definitely wasn't, you know, uh, the list list could go on. We don't have to get into all that. Regardless, the the reason you saw that is because these, these really intelligent, I mean, like Dan Crenshaw, love the guy. Let's make him the star of the show. You know, um, right. it's exactly my point is like now that you have you no longer have to kowtow to Trump. Right. Mm-hmm. You no longer have to have him just hog up the spotlight. Are people going to follow him? Yes. Is he going to tweet a bunch? Yes. But is he going to be. But this is this is actually the most correct thing you can say. All one term presidents are losers. Right. Yeah. And you shouldn't lose. It's. Right, you shouldn't lose. You shouldn't lose, and so like, you know, you're in a very, very like, you know, small category there when you're a one-term president, right? So, I think I think that's one thing we should all take away from this. Now, largest voter turnout. I think there's other things to explain all that. Quite honestly, I don't think it's Trump. I could be wrong, and if I am wrong, then if you believe in conservative values we're in for a lot of trouble that's that's true let me let me get a couple of points out because i think i know where you're going okay one i wanted i wanted trump to win another four years because i love his policy sure and it's probably not his policy but i love the direction we were heading okay agreed 
I would have loved to see what Trump without wanting re-election could have gotten done. Now, because yeah, okay. other other than his spending, I have a hard time saying there's any policy I didn't like. Um, second, Trump spoke to some people that I think traditional Republicans have a hard time speaking to. Um, right. Trump Trump is the trap rap president. He's money and hoes and doesn't care what you think and is going to verbal drive by and by the way it showed like his appeal to certain communities that you would think would despise the guy like 50 cent coming out and saying i don't care right. if that guy is he racist is i don't want to be 37 cent right like what, what in the world like this is incredibly like like tough inaccessible um seeming left folks the cubans in in florida holy crap we, well we will talk about that okay so i like the coalition he was putting together in a lot of ways however if you are a conservative there's some things about him that weren't conservative also there was a part of him that was toxic this is obviously true and it, it, yes. it wasn't just the media that made it toxic okay you put you put dan crenshaw you put Nikki Haley, you put Ted Cruz under that kind of scrutiny, they are not going to turn toxic like Trump turned toxic in some of those situations. Now, maybe we needed a counterpuncher. Who can really say? We can't look at how the world would have been if we had chosen someone else. Maybe Trump was the right guy for the right time. Regardless, he's out now. And so this, for the, those of us that are truly in the conservative movement, and, and those of us that called balls and strikes with this guy the entire time through, it makes it so much easier sitting on this side of 2020 to say, right. okay, fine, let's move on. Let's move on to the next good thing. Right. And, and here's what I would say. For those who let their id get the better of them, and I think there's a lot of people that I respect that let their id about Trump get the better of them, stand up, come back. We sure. welcome you with open arms. Dust yourself off, walk away from the cult of personality, and come back to the fold. You can like Trump's policies and realize that he lost. Let's move on together. Please come back. We need you. We love you in the actual ideological movement that's happening here. Yeah, By the way, that same great. welcome is extended to the record number of black men that voted conservative this time, the record right. number of black women that voted conservative in this election. Welcome. Welcome to the gang. Welcome right. to thinking for yourself and not having to vote the way that your cultural betters tell you. Welcome to the Cubans in Florida. Welcome. We love you and we need you. This movement is for everybody. And it's time to divorce the movement from the cult of personality that was Trump. I, I'll say this just kind of as the cherry on everything you said. I think what Trump showed Republicans, uh, if anything, is the fact that, hey, you know what? You can fight back. Yeah. And I think and that will be in that is inspiring. It is not mm -hmm. toxic. Um, and when they he, call you racist, double down and say you're not a racist, you know, and mm -hmm. look him dead in the eye and tell him why. Um he, but, he, he was a dirty bomb in the culture war, okay? And the casualties were extreme. However, he showed us that the enemy bleeds. And sure. And now, now's the time for snipers and guided missiles. Now's the time Agreed. for those who can employ that with precision because we know that the enemy is, is, not, is not impenetrable. The other thing is that when we talked about this on carpooling before, conservative policies win. We win. The reason yeah. we lose this election is because of the cultural nonsense. But Trump showed us that they bleed. 
that they put their pants on the same way that we do. So when we combine somebody who can manage the cultural aspect uh, in a sophisticated way with the conservative policies that that win mm. every time, we're going to take over the political discourse in this country in a way that we haven't seen in years. And the, the, and just so you know that we're not blowing smoke up anybody's skirt here, um, can you still say that in 2020? Is that cool? You Is can anyone... say anything in 2020, baby. That's Except right, for... baby. So uh... retarded. <laughs> I mean, mentally gay. <laughs> I didn't laugh at that, and I never will. Ban um, me, Tim Apple. So what I was going to say is um, the thing that is uh, just so you know that we're not blowing smoke up your skirt here. A lot of people, a lot of ballots came in with just Joe Biden, meaning they didn't vote for anything down down ticket. A lot of tickets came in. Joe Biden are down ticket, meaning Republican in every other position. So this is how you know that like this election was if, if so, 2016 was no, not Hillary. Right. This election was no, not Trump. But we like the Republicans, so we'll take them. You know what I right. mean? And so I think I think that's an important thing to learn. I think this kind of gets to the second thing that we were talking about, Chris, is the fact that the Democratic Party is in shambles a little bit. And I think maybe shambles isn't the wrong word, but there's infighting and there isn't a cohesive um the base isn't cohesive and the easiest way to think through this is um me and my keto diet i make everybody miserable with my keto diet you really do because everybody (laughs) has to eat what i can eat which is meat and salads and things like that even worse than that we have to watch you put pounds of mayonnaise <laughs> on everything you eat he puts yeah. mayonnaise in his coffee that might not be I've never... technically true but it's spiritually <laughs> true and it's, it's nasty it's true. yeah no doubt and so but but my point with that is like if somebody is in transient and says no no matter what we're going to stay right here and we will not compromise like i do with my diet um then the issue with that is it kind of forces everybody around you to like meet you where you're at Mm -hmm. and what we're kind of seeing a lot is you know a lot of the conversation around blm a lot of the conversation around uh defund the police a lot of conversation around other uh extreme left positions uh not that black lives matter is an extreme left position i'm talking about the organization just to be clear on that point so i don't leave anyone behind there um go listen to our episode on it right exactly um so the the whole point there being is there that's why I think you saw the issues happen down ticket, and that's mm-hmm. why also I think you saw Republicans get elected to state governments is because people are like, no, thank you, we will have we will have law and order. Actually, I think right. that is some of it. I'm interested to see what the data says. That's my take on it. I'm not sure that's true, um, but I also think what we got a good chance to see by all that is. People were not signed up for the agenda. There's that Democratic caucus call where they were all basically getting together where races that they were supposed to win by a mile, they barely eked out. And a lot of the conversation around that was, or at least one senator in particular or one congresswoman in particular was, um, you know, I lost because of a attack ad concerning defunding the police or mm-hmm. something along those lines. And it's like, we cannot say that. We can't say the word socialism. We know... Uh, what we think another theory here is that socialism 
has translated really, really poorly to certain aspects or to certain groups in the Asian community and certain aspects in the Hispanic community. Like Why? people that actually know what socialism does. Good Vietnam- God. The privilege of these ignorant white people yeah. who yeah. show up and say defund the police or Marxism for everyone. You're incredible incompetence. Go talk to one person from Venezuela. You will not find one person Vietnam. in Venezuela or Vietnam or the CCP, who, uh, one person in Venezuela Cuba. whose last name isn't Maduro, that thinks that socialism is a good idea. And for you guys to show, uh, this is one of the most insane, frustrating, incompetent things that I've ever seen in a political movement. The incredible privilege that it takes to sit in America and say, why can't we just be socialist while why the Venezuelans we? eat their dog? You guys... Uh, and, and Hunter, I'm glad you brought it here. You deserve all of the consternation. You deserve losing all of the purple votes that you that you lost, yeah. the purple states that you lost. And the reason that you were supposed to win 20 seats in the House and you lost six, and the reason that in a terrible map for conservatives, we held on to control of the Senate, we picked up a governorship in a, in a, a year that ends in zero, was because... You, you didn't listen closely enough to carpooling, you incredibly privileged <laughs> bastards. We've been telling yeah. you for years that social years that socialism is insane, and people smarter and better than us have been telling you forever. So guess what? Congratulations to your ignorant privilege, Bernie bros, because you yeah. got smoked when, when the base was so animated to go to the polls. Record turnout to do exactly what you said, Hunter. Vote check Biden at the top, turn the ballot in, or check Biden at the top and read it down the rest of the way because nobody wants that socialist horse crap in their home they want it they'll let you talk about it out in washington but when it shows up in ferguson and when it shows up in anaheim and it shows up in portland let's talk about this because the the democratic party is in shambles hunter two ballot measures in california that got shot down one was one was the the um the contract workers or gig worker economy act that would basically kill uber and lyft that said that you have to provide health care and all these different benefits to your contract workers they voted it down the second one and this one might be even more important because you'll remember earlier this year we told you that they that california removed the equal rights clause from its constitution yep so they did that in preparation for adding this ballot measure effectively that said that they would instantiate in law um in their constitution affirmative action measures they had to get rid of that section of the constitution before they could basically add this one back and it got voted down in california california as a as a state got together and said uh it's fine if we export nancy pelosi to go be an ass in washington dc but actually right here right here (laughs) no affirmative action's not for us Minimum wage, not for us. Healthcare for all, not for us. In California, the soul of the party is dead. Sorry, I know I jumped on it. It's so insane. And you deserve everything that comes to you. You deserve everything that comes to you when you start playing with Marxism and and socialism. And and this is one of the reasons we started carpooling. And one of the reasons I'm so happy at the end of this election because. And we'll get into the conservative side. Let's focus on the Democrats right now. But when you, when AOC is fighting with her purple districts and saying, why can't you guys just win elections when she won a low turnout vote in Brooklyn? Um, Did you say that? Yeah. That's, yeah. When she's having these kind of wars with people, 
in her own oh party. When you, and we started to see the cracks earlier with the Bernie bros. We started to see the cracks when they were like, I'm not, I'm going to vote Green Party. I'm not voting for Joe Biden, that old racist. By the way, you're not wrong. But, but um, <laughs> when you, when you, well, he doesn't want his kids growing up in a racial jungle, Hunter. And honestly, I think that, I think that Richard Spencer would agree with that sentiment. Um, I think he would exactly. I think, agree with I think you guys are seeing eye to eye on that one. But when we start to see the cracks, but now, uh, yeah, that call that you're referencing, it was hilarious to listen to some of the conversations that went on and how befuddled and frustrated they were and nancy pelosi eating giant scoops of 300 dollars ice cream holding onto the edge of her seat like oh lord it wasn't that bad was it it was pretty good we have a mandate (laughs) (laughs) we we didn't we didn't lose as much as we thought but you guys were supposed to annihilate us and guess what you got creamed and the reason is because you you gave in to your id, you gave in to the radicals in your party. We've been saying it for years that radicalism is on the rise in the left on a, at an alarming rate. You gave in to it, and guess what? Sanity prevailed. I'm so happy with that news. And anybody that's an actual member of the conservative movement has reasons to rejoice on Wednesday and Thursday last week because yeah. because the, the big scary thing that, that, that we might find an entire political party hijacked by this neo-Marxist horse crap didn't come true. And that is fantastic news. And now the right. door think- is opened for it to be replaced with something far better. Yeah, I think this is I think this is 100% right. I mean, you can look at this election and go, well, if COVID hadn't happened, Trump would have been elected. And, I and think that's true. 100% right. And I if the media was not right. the media, then he would have won as well. I agree with this. Um, and I, But at the same time, it also shows you how important it is if Trump had been that leader that we talk about that could say stuff accurately. Because even if COVID had happened and he had said it right, you know, maybe there's a really good shot he could have won. So I think what's interesting now is like what you may actually have is this new coalition that is, you know— this is one of those things that I, on the principle, I believe in free trade, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, but on the how it actually affects people, I'm torn because of the fact that it's not free. It's at the cost of these people who have these jobs. And the answer to that is it's a capitalist society. Go find the other job. But that's also pretty heartless. I'm going to put that to the side for the moment. My okay, Tucker. Is, yeah, <laughs> well, see... It's 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 one of those things too where it's like when China was the one constraint in the entire world when it came to PPE, that was another time when I was like maybe free trade isn't the best idea, because my point being is the cost of PPE have been so uh, pushed down that when we needed it, like the United States needed PPE, it couldn't just turn a a hose and get more out of its warehouses and right. stuff or out of its manufacturing. It's like, Oh, in a certain way, we, we ramped up really way, quickly. We ramped up really quickly. I agree with this. I'm just saying that like, there are bumps, big, bumps. there are bumps and there are bumps and there are bumps to people that live in Pennsylvania and, you know, and things like that. And it's like, um, do we want, this is kind of a weird question. Do we really want China to have that economic power, even if it costs us money? And that's yeah. one of the that's another part of that question. So that's, free that's less just, about free trade and more about isolationism versus yeah, exactly. globalism, which is an interesting conversation. Tie it back in. I don't know where you're going. 
put it to the side. What I'm saying is there's a new coalition in the Republican Party, right? Yeah. And I think it is a lot of these people that are believe in conservatives and believe in conservative ideals. I think it's also a lot of people that are like, no abortion, right? I think that's a portion mm-hmm. of, of the party. It just is. Um, I think there's a good portion of the party that is, you know, the you can just say like the the middle class that's been ignored, you know, that mm-hmm. is losing their jobs and wants something here. And I think there's also this portion of the party that is what I'm going to call is the socialism, not in my backyard, please, which yeah. is this, as we continue to see more Hispanic, more um, uh, Asian vote. And I think, you know, we're seeing rises in the black population vote too, because the reason they're probably being is something like, you know, you got the best jobs and the best unemployment rate under a Republican president. You know, are you happy with that? Candace Owens probably has a lot to do with this too. And like 50 Cent and Kanye West, you know, like all these big names in that area. I think that is more of a cultural fight, quite honestly. Yeah. Um, What about Trump getting prisoner reform done? I mean, exactly. Like, I don't think there's anything that's not conservative about doing a certain amount of prison reform, even around drugs. I mean, the thought leaders of the now not Portland style where they legalized every drug. I told my friend, (laughs) just as a quick aside, I was like, I don't know if that was that was a policy decision or a surrender to the inevitable. (laughs) (laughs) You've been paying attention to Portland. They're already planting crops in the (laughs) middle of the like city what do we do how can we keep them calm they tried to grow crack (laughs) they tried to grow kale on top of a piece of cardboard covered in an eighth (laughs) inch of tom's pot soil tom's pot soil i guess just let them do heroin (laughs) tom's pot soil is a local uh portland uh, privately owned business I meant potting soil. <laughs> but you it know sells what? both. It works. No, no, it sells, it sells both, so it's okay. It sells both soil and pot. So pot it's great. soil. This stuff sells itself. <laughs> this um, is a liberation garden only for... People that haven't showered in a while. <laughs> That's perfect. Um, but yeah, and so I think what you're seeing is... Is exactly to go back to what you were talking about before is... You know, there's a growing group of people that are kind of looking at the crazy side. And instead of saying, no, we are going to do Hunter's crazy keto diet altogether and it's going to be okay," They're saying, no, I'm not having any of that. And I'm going to fight against that. And I'm going to go for these guys. Mm -hmm. Now, the question is, if that coalition stays um, and we're making some assumptions here. This is something hopefully that we learn when we get um, more detailed voting. We see why people moved and maybe we don't because as we've said before, you know, it's it's clearly the polls are missing something. Mm -hmm. Um, But these are important questions to answer in the next couple of years. And we'll probably see them play out in 2022 and in 2024. Um, But if this continues to stay, you know, these hyper-partisan politics and, you know, Trump was a norm breaking president. Um, I haven't heard of a more norm breaking like anything in my entire life than wanting to get rid of the filibuster and wanting to uh, pack Supreme Court judges. Yeah. And like and like so I mean like that might be some of this too. Um, and the fact that Biden wouldn't like come down on it one side or the other. So You're right. Yeah, there's there's been a major shakeup, I think, in the Democratic Party. I don't think they know I think their base is fractious and I think their conservative party is continuing to, um, you know, sell itself on on that sell itself on the lacks in that party, right. uh, where they're not where they're not really coming through enough. Um, so, so it'll be important to see. 
Yeah, I think that's totally right, Hunter. Look, when you've got when you've got your your deep blue districts arguing with your purple districts, um, you're in trouble. About you're you're in trouble when the, when your Marxist your your neo Marxist uh, identity based oppression agenda starts falling apart when you have record black people and re- record Latinos voting for Donald Trump, orange man bad. Yeah, your your narrative is falling apart at the seams and so it should because truly under these conservative policies we've had the most prosperous times in in american history by some measures um so i think that anybody that's looking that looks at the blue wave that should have that should have been and Mm. the the red wall that like mitch mcconnell's ad the red holding of the line that occurred, I think that we're in a really good place. I think come 2022 and 2024, we're going to see some very interesting things happen. Um, Cause this was a, this was a bad map for us and we won. Uh, yep. Let's now let's also be clear. And you mentioned, you alluded to this earlier, Hunter. I think we need to come here and then maybe go to the media. And I think that's where the call to action comes in. But I think that the, the conservative movement is changing its face but i think that it has a home in the republican party right now um i think that trump through his presidency was actually molded into more of the leader that we needed more of the leader that we wanted to see he excised terrible people from his party like steve bannon and um and and formed this this more holistic more connected coalition now there are some old, you know, populist first Republicans, and they are what they are. But folks like the the young folks that are coming up, like like Crenshaw, and um, these folks who still have a lot of their career ahead of them, like mm-hmm. like uh, Nikki Haley and Ted Cruz, and these bright minds. Some of these people that are embracing the actual new media involved with the conserv the true conservative movement the true thought leaders of the conservative movement they yeah. are they're looking more vibrant than ever and what yeah. i would say is that the actual soul of the conservative party which which like i said welcome welcome to our new friends welcome to the party it's a good time um I think that we have a home in the Republican Party for right now and that doesn't mean we always will but it, it, it we certainly seem to have a connection more more of a connection in the Republican Party than the Bernie bros have in the Democratic Party at the moment, which appears wholly fractious. Yeah, I agree with this. I, I mean, like, you're always kind of playing with a house of cards, and everybody has different things, you know, that yeah. are important to them, in a, in a, and especially in a two-party system. Mm-hmm. Um, I think both of us strongly identify with conservative ideas, uh, and I don't know if those always are in the Republican party, the easiest one for you and me to be frustrated with is spending right Right. now. And it's one, and I think it's one of the ones that nobody is talking about and it matters. It matters a whole lot. Um, and it's, it's who knows if we ever get to that point where we can actually tackle that problem without insane inflation at this point. Um, but you know, you have to pick your battles, you know, and you have to pick, um, you know, the wins you want and we're winning when it comes to foreign policy, we're doing things in foreign policy. Nobody said could ever happen. Mm -hmm. Um, there are more conservative 
See, that's an interesting way to say that. There's more um, textualist judges sitting on benches, right? Fantastic news. Because, and we talked about this before, you know, I said conservative and I meant conservative because conservative judges do believe in textualism. I didn't mean from a political party. That's what I'm trying to say. There are no activist conservative judges. Correct. There are people that read laws. And that's why you see them disagree so much, Mm -hmm. honestly. Um, You know, and I think we're we continue to see wins like that. And I think it matters. And, you know, it's not about getting a bunch of red jerseys and looking at a pretty red map. It's not about that at all. It's about those ideas, those meanings. And I think, honestly, the thing that matters the most to me in all of this is that identity politics continues to take a further and further backseat in our national conversation. Mm -hmm. And I think we the culture would lie to us and tell us where a lot of people are at. And then we vote and we see where the country is at. And I think that's what we continue to see. And I think there has to be a cultural way that doesn't sound angry to talk through this from the right side of the political aisle. I think, um, oh, sorry, thought you were done. Go ahead. I, I think we just need, I think we just need more of a cultural lens to get some of this out. I think that gets to what my real call to action is for our uh, conservative fellow travelers. Yeah. Um, but first to get to it, we need to talk about the media. Um, Who? <laughs> the media. Who? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> At least that's how we should be treating them. Uh, let's yeah. talk a little bit about the crazy, the crazy gaslighting that has been happening in the media um, over over the past week, and then maybe a little bit over the past four years, because this is it's essential to key in on this uh, right now. And like I said, if you if you leave this election. And live your life the same way that you came into this election, you've made a mistake. It's time to join the conservative movement for real. Fox News has been malfeasant in in an incredible way during this election. You know, everyone thought that they were this last bastion, this last holdout uh, for conservatives and Republican thought. And yet, they put Chris Wallace on the debate stage who through Trump's goading quickly joined the debate. Um, and I think, I think by far, not only was that the worst debate, but that was also the worst debate moderator. Right. Like and, and not being mean. I mean, Chris Wallace had the hottest potato to handle, but still it came out that way in the end. Then, then they called Arizona way early <laughs> really unprofessionally look when you have nate silver coming out and saying you need to retract fox news you need to retract your great point love for joe biden you've messed up and then in the aftermath um they uh, who was it yesterday was it cavuto neil cavuto that cut kaylee mcenany off talking about some of the legal challenges that are going through the um are going through the uh, different legislatures about the voting allegations right now just cut her right. off in the middle of what she was saying uh i don't know why fox news thinks it can can play orwellian uh 
gatekeeper of information like the other networks can if it wants to be a part of the conservative movement, but you played your hand and it sucks and we're moving on. CBS News effectively started, I referenced this earlier, Hunter, they started their game plan saying that all these countries around that are uh, around the globe that are becoming conservative, like Poland, for instance, um, yeah. are sliding back towards fascism. And even though we defeated fascism in America this time around, we could always move back to fascism. So it's time to be ever vigilant. So they're just waiting for the next conservative target to pop up. Mitch McConnell right. will be the interim target, and then it will be whoever we run in 2024. Regardless, mm. it is apparent that they do not plan on treating Trump as an isolated incident. You know, we've had members of the media saying that we're putting together lists of everybody that uh, either supported Trump or took a paycheck paycheck right. helping Trump win and that we're going to hunt them down. He, meanwhile, the, the head of the party is talking, you know, Joe Biden theory is talking about peace and unity, unity and healing and, and all this kind of crap. And, and his base doesn't want that. And no, the base doesn't want that. And the media especially is highlighting the part of the base that doesn't want that, even though sure. the base is splitting at the seams. And so right. but the media is pretending like this is, that, 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 this is the whole collection of the Democratic Party. It's not. And even if it is, who cares? Because you got creamed in everything right. but the cult of personality election at the top of the ticket. And, and to say— Against the most disliked—one of the most disliked presidents of all time. And— and like, most dislikable. Don't misconstrue. Yeah. All right. So, no. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So here's here's the um, here is the so so they're saying that Poland's falling back into fascism. We could fall back at every minute. Hey, look, if you think you defeated fascism in a fair election, uh, you didn't defeat fascism. Whatever you defeated, I don't know what it's called, but it's definitely not fascism because that's not what fascism does. You insane it's completely people. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. We could go down the line. Don Lemon crying on on CNN with Fredo, <laughs> really got me. his little yeah. uh, Italian buddy. Fredo is like like the only Italian superhero more useless than Luigi. Uh, whoa, <laughs> whoa! Fredo can't throw green fireballs. I said more useless than Luigi. Okay, okay, fair enough. Yeah, like. Like compare Luigi to like even Waluigi, and everyone's like, "Yeah, I would." Oh, Waluigi will kick his kick his butt. Yeah, and no problem. It's like, who do you want to do your taxes, Luigi or Wario? And you're like, "Well, Wario will probably take some of my money, but he won't like not carry a zero and put me millions of dollars in debt like <laughs> Luigi will." And yet, Fredo is even more worthless. Um, regard, Love and it. of course, that's Chris Cuomo. Um, but but he's saying. He he talked about how everyone in the Democratic constituency was experiencing PTSD from a Trump yeah. presidency because Trump Trump's um, Trump's rhetoric was so disastrous and so self centered that it caused an actual uh, mental illness in the those who those who had to experience it and those who were opposed to it and on behalf of the armed forces. Uh, who did break in favor of Trump? Let me just who was and he was actually their boss, by the way. Let me just give Don Lemon Carl Pooling's second ever twice in a week long walk short peer award because seriously, you can go um, long walk yourself. 
Yeah, do do horrible things to yourself with with uh, non-smooth objects. I mean, to say that you experience yeah. PTSD, how talk about minimizing people's actual problems, you privileged son of a... Mm. Anyway. There's plenty of uh, third-party, starving, malnourished orphans who would love to have a conversation with you. Yeah, about what um, constitutes PTSD. Well, we have the lowest and, unemployment. We have more money in people's yeah. pockets across the country. You, uh, That is some... There's some um, Uyghur Muslims that would love to talk you, to you in about China. how they're being treated. Yeah. There's some people in Hong Kong... Um, you know, like, yeah, of course it, it's you living in your ivory tower and all your money and, you know, iPhones and all that yeah. fun stuff. The the level yeah. of self-pleasuring and privilege in a statement like that. We re- call it tubing. It, it's yeah. The, the amount of, of non-allegorical tubing that happened in that, that statement is it, incredible. It's, it's hard to wrap your hands around. That was a poor choice of words. Regardless, Hunter, the thing, the thing is, the media has been, you know, now they're pushing this narrative that if you say that we should follow the legal process in the disputes over the procedures in the election, that you should be ostracized from polite society, that you're doing damage to the institutions. You know what? Go screw yourself. Telling normal folks that not believing in the the media who called this race prematurely, to say that they're the ones damaging the institutions, you know that they came out, and I think it was the New York Times, came out with an article that said that the biggest fake news media event happened after the election and it was about people saying that that the election was stolen it was the biggest fake news event that has ever occurred and how do you explain then the steel dossier how is it right. possible that we've spent as much money on on coverage of stolen elections than we spent on the steel dossier which you pant you peddled for years even though you knew it was fake even though the fbi knew that the main subsource was a known double agent like why why should we believe any of that and how dare you how dare you say that it's the american people's fault for destroying faith in institutions that we've created the largest fake news event when you spent years pushing this sham impeachment crap you've destroyed the institution of the pre- presidency and by the way democrats in the media were saying for months leading up to this election for months that the election was not going to be fair that trump was going to cheat to take it away that and by the way just by the numbers more Democrats believe that the election was going to get stolen prior to the election than Republicans. Republicans had more faith into it, in it stat. Than, than the Democrats did, probably at the behest of their leaders. And then, as soon as you win, oh, look, the election went smooth. Oh, there's nothing to see here. Actually, if you suggest now, just two days later, that there is something to see here, you're the one that's destroying American institutions. Notwithstanding right. that we're supporting the groups that want to pack the court and do away with the filibuster, just don't worry about that destruction, the direct destruction Nonsense. of the institutions. Don't worry that Andrew Cuomo in New York said that you couldn't go to a bar unless you ordered food, and then that chips didn't constitute a meal, and then wings didn't constitute a meal. Ignore that petty tyranny. And let's just keep calling Trump a tyrant who did not Nothing but say people should be able to make decisions about COVID for themselves. 
just ignore Andrew Cuomo's petty tyranny and, and keep talking about how Trump killed people because he said hydroxychloroquine and people thought he meant bleach. You have destroyed the institutions. You have engaged in petty tyranny. Where are the numbers for the number of deaths in Michigan, Governor Whitmer? Where are they? Why won't you publish them? We've had legal Freedom of Information Act time after time after time. They've been published. I mean, Crowder went nuts on this stuff. Where are they? What, what about your parody tyranny? And you're going to turn around and tell the American people that they're the ones, they're the ones that are tearing the institutions down? There, there has never been a more concerted, m malfeasant, mal malicious gaslighting event in, I don't know, human history maybe, but certainly the history of this country. Go directly to a, a peer. I'm going to try my best not to swear, although this is so disgusting. It, 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 it's hard to talk about in any terms other than the most grotesque, because this is one of the most grotesque things that you can see. And, and by the way, you have a right to be angry when somebody spends years destroying something that you hold dear, notably this country, the best on planet freaking Earth, and then turns around and blames you, blames you for destroying it. The media can go directly to heck, darn it. And and <laughs> and it's all of them. It's Fox News, it's CNN, it's the New York Times, it's MSNBC, it's CBS News. It is all of you ignorant bastards. It is all of you. And I think, Christopher, this is a really good point to kind of transition to the last part of this, is one of the things that makes that so diff... This is just the simple thing we've learned. When you have centralized control, you're sluggish. It's hard for you to move. It's hard for you to go through things. It's hard for you to adjust. When you have flatter organizations and you have decentralized authority, you empower the people in those positions not to go, well, I wonder what my boss thinks about this, but go, what do I think about this? And then when you make the right decision, be empowered, right? And we are seeing really since YouTube, do you really want to go and listen to comedians? Or do you really want to go watch your favorite guy who puts together YouTube stuff mm -hmm. that just knows exactly what makes you laugh, that's into the same stuff you're into and speaks directly to you? And that entire relationship is based on YouTube. Well, our media's kind of learned that that's exactly how to operate. You know, no longer is there an editor keeping people from talking to one another. It's me to you, and you know what I'm saying. Either I believe it, or I'm an honest broker, or I'm not, right? And so that very, very simple relationship is changing the way things work. You see this, you know, on our show, Carl Pulling. You get to hear us talk for an hour or more every week. You get to see this happen, uh, you know, at the Daily Wire with their various hosts. You get to see this with Blaze. You get to see this with Vox. You get to see this with 538. All these people are accountable by their words, and they don't have editors in the way. That's not true of everybody at Vox. That's not true of everybody at the Daily Wire. But the figureheads at those organizations talk directly to you and tell you exactly what they think. Well, I, I would say I don't include Vox because of their funding sure. in that group. Because they're funded, sure, by, that's fine. they're funded by Viacom. So I don't necessarily include them, but I understand what you're saying. You could also not include 538 because they're bought out by ABC. But I would say that that's like saying that. But that's also like saying that like, you know, well, I guess it's not exactly the same. But like Crowder is beholden to Glenn Beck to some extent. Not from um, a funding because, perspective, though. Um, not from uh, a funding perspective. You're correct. Uh, uh, but it's like saying that the Young Turks are funded by, the, I don't know, the Armenian genocide and foreign caliphates. It's like that. Sure. Which is true. Sure. But whatever, you know. I'm but sorry. Wait, I'm just wait, being, wait, a, I'm wait, just wait, being wait. a jerk now. Go ahead. 
I understand. But I think that's the point is like, you know, the thought leaders here, the people that are doing stuff. And obviously we're not thought leaders. You know, we're a couple, we're two young guys talking into a, a microphone that do this in our spare time because we love it. And because this is what we are doing, regardless if we had microphones here or not. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of how this show started is we were like, wouldn't it be great to take some of these conversations and put them into a podcast. And so we did. Um, but I think what I'm trying to say is like, these new outlets have the ability to cut through all the editorial crap mm-hmm. to speak to you as human beings, to not have the FEC regulations that come as a part of that and just talk directly to you. And if you can't trust the person you're listening to, just like you can't trust your friends, you have every right not to listen to that podcast. If you think they're right on these three issues and wrong on these two, you have the right to go and listen to other people in the same network. You know, it's one of these things where like, and this is something Jordan Peterson says too, you know, I think, um, you know, read, Read, dang it. Reading's important. But the fact that information can be disseminated so effectively at the auditorial level now, especially when it comes to news and politics, you can um, you can listen to eight hours of news a day and keep your job, right? Because mm-hmm. you only need four hours if you listen to it at two times speed. You know you're, what I mean? You're right. So you're able to... You're able to absorb so much more. And I think it's that process that is going to continue to let us see... Uh, you know, abandonment of the media, these new um, groups are going to continue to be this, I think the best way to put it is this smart, well-spoken, non-angry version of what these groups believe. And I think as that continues to happen, you're going to see that battle of ideas happen on a more economic playing field. Mm-hmm. You know, not what's good and not what's money, but what will what will keep my uh, the people who support my channel supporting me directly. And so I think as that continues to happen and these people continue to do that without a lot of like fear from corporate overlords, well, you're going to continue to see um, abandonment of those platforms. These platforms come on it as new power. And I think they're going to be able to better focus and better translate what those um, ideas mean to the people so that Fox News doesn't have this allure that is like, well, big business is the best thing that ever happened. Come on and party. And the um, CNN is not going to be able to say, but what about all the black people? You know what I mean? And you're going to have these more nuanced conversations that are going to take place. Um, Hopefully that's what happens. That's what happens when you let people speak for themselves. That's what happens when you don't put, you don't put, um, corporate paywalls and fear in between people as you just get this honest conversation this honest dialogue so hopefully that's what we continue to see i think that's one of the things that made me so excited it's also one of the funnest parts about doing this show with you chris Mm -hmm. is the fact that like just like you said earlier it's so nice being on this side of everything and post-trump right you know what i mean and and Fingers crossed he gets out of that White House and nobody has to drag him out of there. Because right. that would be that would be bad news of wellness. It, it won't happen. I, I, I don't think it will, but you're to- I sincerely hope it doesn't happen. Right. I just don't... I, I keep... I, the, the cat is in the box, Christopher, and I do not want to know if it's dead or not. So, That's all I'm trying to say. Hunter, I think that you... I think everything... I couldn't nod my head any harder while you were going through that, that thought process that you just laid out. So let me make the hard sell. And, okay. And I'm calling on our Is listeners. Is it for FNX Fit? No, not yet, but it will be. <laughs> um, okay, sorry. Let let me let me connect a bunch of disconnected ideas into a co- uh, and try and do it into a cohesive narrative, and then I'm hoping that that narrative cuts like a sword and changes the behavior of the the listeners and the people within the sound of our voices. 
And I think we've laid out what has happened and, and, and where the political picture is in this country. So let's get started. I think that the only thing that I take a little bit of umbrage with you with is when you said that when you have hierarchy or centralized power, let's say, when you have centralized mm-hmm. power, things are sluggish. That is true unless you have perfectly centralized power. And then you've got the sure. Chinese Communist Party, right? Sure. Which That's I, fair I, I knew what you were saying, but it's, it's relevant to keep that in mind. And here's, here's why. I'm going to read a tweet from Brett Weinstein. Or Brett Weinstein. Hard to say. <laughs> I think it's actually <laughs> easy to say. Well, <laughs> but go ahead. It's hard to say which one it is, Hunter. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, okay, my mistake. <laughs> Why do I feel like the same people who rebranded the concept of equity are now having their way with unity? Hashtag yes. Orwell warned us. And Orwell is an important person to bring up. So because why is he important to bring up? Because exactly what Hunter was talking about. We've seen a media that wants to centralize power. We've seen a government that wants to centralize power. We wants to see, we saw a government and a party that wanted to change the wor- the meaning of words. Ibram X. Kennedy had a, had a tweet today about... Or, or maybe it was yesterday, about all of the, the terms that were racist. And he was basically saying that, that questioning the election is just as racist as saying a bunch of other non-racist things like like um, felons or something like that. Like felons is a loaded racist term. That might not be an actual example. I can't remember his tweet mostly because it was drivel and garbage and illegible. But the point is that these people wanted to change the meaning of words. And what Brett's referencing here is the meaning of equity, that equity doesn't mean an equal chance. It means equal outcomes. It's a totally different, totally disastrous meaning. And that's one of the reasons I love Brett. He's one of the members of the left that I probably disagree with on policy, but I agree with completely on goals. And the goal should not the goal should not be equality of outcome. And that's why that's why Brett is is an honest broker, in my opinion. Okay. Orwell warned us. What did he warn us of? He warned us of a centralized government. He warned us of these shadow wars. He warned us of doublespeak and newspeak, if you remember. And it was a kind of a double entendre in the book that newspeak was like the newspeak, but it was also newspeak, the the language of the media, and these words that meant two different things at the same time. And Hunter and I have talked about this for years now, about the way that we're rebranding. We talked about how Black Lives Matter is this rebranding of a concept that everybody agrees with into a marketing ploy for a Marxist group. This is what they are trying to do. And so they made their play and they lost. But here's the thing. Now we see the gaslighting of the media on full display. When they, they, they put their jersey on when Trump got elected and they have worn it with pride for four years. And now that the game is over, they refuse to take it off. They refuse to take it off. So guess what? Time's up. Time's up. You're exactly right to reference Jordan Peterson, Hunter. He said that one of the things that we learned from podcasts and from this new online media is that people were way more intelligent than we thought that they were. People are yeah. able to listen to what's going to be a two-hour conversation between you and I and digest it and understand it and comprehend it and dissect it and interact with it. And the, the, the old media, the news, is not set up to believe in people like that. You get 13 seconds if you're phenomenal, right? And, right, so, right. and, and so here we are. At a place where the beautiful, beautiful ideas that have made this country great and are on the verge of being lost are are rising again in popularity, and we the enemies of those ideas have fought more dirtily, dirtily have fought 
so unfairly and so disgustingly and so disturbingly that we've really never seen anything like it um, at all. It, it, it makes McCarthyism look stupid. I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you go back to Fox News, CBS News, MSNBC, CNN, if you go back to reading the New York Times, if you go back to reading the Washington Post, after this election, you're an idiot. You are a <laughs> fool. Yeah. No, seriously. And, and you're the type of idiot that says, I, I see the warning signs. If, if you're listening to this show now, you're the type of fool that says, I see what Orwell was saying, and I see those who would want to make it come true, and I refuse to change my behavior because I'm addicted to the simplicity of having others guide my path. Right. And, and you know what? Peterson says it well. That it's, given the choice between meaning and responsibility, it's not clear that people wouldn't choose nihilism. However, now you're without excuse. The media has shown us for who they are. Cancel your subscriptions. Cancel them. If you're subscribed to the New York Times, if you get it sent to the house, if you get it online, pause the episode right now and cancel your subscription. If you realize that the only thing you watch on TV is Fox News, and I'm, yeah, Fox News, Tucker Carlson, Greg Gutfeld, sorry. I know that that's going to piss some of our listeners off. I know that it is. But if they're the only ones that you listen to, guess what? You're being bought and you're being sold. Cancel it. If that's the only thing you use on your, t- on your TV, cut your cable. Get Netflix. Get Hulu. Watch what you want to watch. They're, hey, Hulu's got live sports now. You literally lost your last excuse. You can watch the, the Olympics online. Now, if, I'm not saying that they're not still our enemy. They are. That, that's another thing that really came true. Man, when Trump said that the... the, the, the uh, media was the enemy of the people and everybody clutched their pearls because that sounded like Stalin. You know what? No, not all media, but this mainstream media, these megalithic, monolithic, old school media, yeah, they don't have anybody's best interest in mind but their own. And they will lie and gaslight the American people for the bottom line. And so he should have been more specific. Good God, you could copy and paste that to everything the man said. But he was right on about that point. He was right on about that criticism if you targeted it properly. And so cut your cable bill, cut it, turn it off, cancel your subscription. If you want to find out what they're saying online, because you think that that's important, do it, get, you know, look it up, look for clips on YouTube, look for clips online. Better yet, why don't you watch an independent media show that's going to, like at the Daily Wire, that's going to show you what the headlines are from these major companies. Or skim the headlines for free, maybe do that, but quit supporting them. If you're not good at doing that research for yourself, guess what? Tough. Get good. Take responsibility. Quit feeding the beast. Stop doing it. I, I'm serious. Pause the show. Cut your cable. Cancel your subscriptions right now. This is not, and, and by the way, that's only half the battle because the other half is find some new media that you can trust and find it on both sides. I suggest The Blaze. I suggest The Daily Wire. Honestly, The Ben Shapiro Show is one of the most fair balanced news outlets everybody that hates ben shapiro has never watched his actual show they've just seen him do like take down some college student in a debate somewhere um so that's my pitch he did shoot him with an ar (laughs) when i say takedown go watch something go watch something on the left go watch something hopefully i mean maybe it's got to be vox maybe you go listen to ezra klein um maybe see here and this is the one thing i think chris that is actually good about listening you know 
you want to listen to Ezra. Mm-hmm. And the reason that you want to listen to Ezra is because Ezra is a smart politician. He understands the game. That's true. Ezra was crap in his pants after this election. If you wanted to know what this election really meant to the left side of the aisle, you needed to listen to Ezra Klein talk. Right. Because he would have told you exactly what was going on. And it's the same thing Ben Shapiro told you was going on. Right. Is the top of the ticket didn't matter. It didn't matter this time. And I think, and it's not to say that, it's not to say that I'm the biggest fan. It's not to say anything like that. It's just that like having that, having that perspective and having that not having that editorial control right you know allows allows you to get that access and understand things better and there might be better people but i think like you know honestly if i had to pick three uh, that people should go listen to that are quick and easy go listen to ben go listen to the weeds at vox and then listen to like uh probably honestly brett weinstein like listen to start listening to those three podcasts Mm -hmm. you don't you know and just Start there, and like it will take a little bit of your time. It will be a little uncomfortable, but I think this is the thing that you said that was so good, Christopher. You know, is um, if this does make you feel uncomfortable, if this does make you feel scared or hurt, or you know, like you're being judged for where you get your news from, um, I'll say this to you: one day, these podcasts are not going to be the place that you can get your news from, honestly, mm-hmm. anymore. It's just going to happen. This is a part of the human experience where what is comfortable becomes corrupted. Right. And that is something that we always have to be on lookout for and always heading to that new, this is the one part about progressivism that is correct. There's something better than what we have today. Right. Right. And you have, and that you, you believe that. And if you don't believe that's not a conservative idea, you're crazy, but that's okay. Um, my point being is that, you know, this is, this is a part of being an adult. This is a part of being a, human being that understands that where they are at is not all there is and that there is something new to grab onto. And I have to say, I'm right there with you. Um, you know, it's no longer at Fox. It's no longer at CNN. Mm -hmm. It's no longer in the wall street journal. It's, it's in podcasting and it's in these outlets that have less editors controlling what they say. Here's the, here's a good rule of thumb Hear directly from the person with editorial control. That includes everybody yeah. at the Daily Wire, by the way. They all have That's full correct. editorial control over their own show. Um, if you can add into that somebody that has their own independent funding, even better. Even better. If you can listen to owner, owner, operator, figurehead, great. You might not always find that. I highly suggest the, the Daily Wire. Hey, look, if you need your gut Gutfield effects, go, listen to, go start listening to Louder with Crowder. If you need that late right. night show vibe, Go listen to Ladder with Crowder. Um, he, he's the owner operator, right? If you if you need, well, hey, look, don't count us out. Carl Pulling is part of this. We're gonna keep bringing you our opinions, and you know what? I'll put little it out baby, there, baby. little babies. But you know what? There's a lot that we have in common with the Dark Horse Show in a lot of ways. I think um, that's, that's true. Yeah, I'll and, agree with that. And listen to Brett on Dark Horse. And uh, but here's the thing, fat. You know, here's a time when you get to adhere to your conservative principles. You know what? Fat shaming works because if you're fat, you need to know it. In fact, I had an interesting idea about this hundred. I'll tell you about after the podcast. Maybe we'll talk about it next time. But I have a funny idea yeah. related to fat shaming that I think is really, really useful. Okay. Okay. Let's do it. Now we're media shaming you, and if you feel uncomfortable. Good, because that's what it means to be conservative. And if I see your the Fox News on the TV at your house the next time I come over, guess what? 
you're a dupe and you're a rube and you're somebody that says, hi, I like being gaslit. And that includes Fox News. It's time to grow up. It's time to figure out how to work a new remote. It's time to get an Apple TV and download the Daily Wire app. It is time to join the actual conservative movement. You don't own it anymore. We do. We do. I love new that. media I love does that so much. I love that so much, Christopher, because if you believe Tucker Carlson is a conservative, you're insane. Right. And if you believe if you believe that Fox News is a conservative outlet, you're insane. The, the, yeah, this I think I, movement yeah, isn't about the cult of personality. It's about the most beautiful ideas that exist on planet Earth. That's what right, it's about. Exactly right. Yeah. That's man. That's killer. Um, I, all right. I also just want to say FNX, before we go to that. Oh, we're also going to be eating some of our own words here. Expect big Why things coming soon from from Carl Pooling. We've got okay. maybe some some new shows, maybe some new hosts in the works. I'm not going to say too much about that until things are set in stone. We've got some ideas about how we can take even a bigger role in sharing information with you all. And so we're I'm not just pontificating and proselytizing to you. We're we're going to become more responsible as well. And our goal to make a, a more perfect uh, union, a better society, and, and, and make a, a even better America than we had these past four years. And you know what? 2022, 2024, if the conservative party acts like conservatives now and falls in love with the ideas and not the cult of personality, we are going to see some of the most unprecedented good times that the globe has ever experienced. And we, man, it's right there. It's right for the picking. So get excited and make a change. That's all I have to say. Um, that's awesome, dude. I love it. Um, and to that end of bettering ourselves and getting ready for the new year, new me, and to help support the Carl Pulling family to achieve our true goal of Stalin-like dictatorship, <laughs> Um, go to FNX Fit. <laughs> yeah. I can't do the ads anymore. I can't. Look, um, you're going to like do, it. Are, are you tired of not being stronger than I am? Um, why? I'm not very strong. Uh, why are you so weak? Go get some protein powder from these guys. They've got protein powder. They've got new athletic wear. You can even buy a flannel shirt from FNX Fit. I bet you didn't know that. I bet you didn't know that you could feel so good with those guns out but also feel so good with those guns warm and nice crisp flannel and you could get both of the products to get you to that point from the same company fnx fit be strong be brilliant be brave <laughs> cover girl <laughs> they're never gonna that they're was, never gonna let me that was gorgeous hey also <laughs> if if you like carpooling if you like what we do and We've had a couple people interact with our FNX Fit um, stuff, maybe not a ton, uh, and that's totally fine. I, I'm just curious yeah. if you would prefer helping us out in a smaller donation, like on a Patreon or something like that. If that's in, if that at all interests you, um, as we start to add more content and do different things, shoot us an email. We haven't done that because it just feels like. Maybe that's Dirty not the right thing to little. do, but we're getting yeah. to the point now where we've got a pretty substantial listenership. And if if you don't want to just like throw us a bone while you pick up a product that you might got a might have gotten anyway, but if it's like, hey, I'd five bucks a month, I'd do that. Just let us know. We're batting the idea around. That's all. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, dude, 
I really enjoyed that episode. I think it was one of the most rip roaringest we've ever had. Um, we're almost at the two hour mark, which might be a record for us. Somebody called Joe we... Rogan. Somebody called Joe Rogan. I got something for him. I got two brothers here that can talk for <laughs> hours and one who's really good at advertising. I don't know. About <laughs> <that>. <laughs> so anyway, um, I'll just say this. If you want to know more about the show, follow us at Carl Pulling on our socials, Instagram, Twitter, the one with the bird. I don't know. Jack Dorsey does it. You can follow me at Emotional Carl. You can follow Chris at Strawberry X Carl. Pretty sure I got it right that time. Uh, the website is www.carlpulling.com. Go to iTunes. You better subscribe and you better give us five stars. That's really good for algorithms. Right I don't know if now. that's true. I don't know if that's true, Chris, but everybody who does a podcast says it. So I feel like if I don't say it, I'm not a podcaster. So I'm just going to say it. That's true. Um, you can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on can maybe you? not Stitcher. <laughs> we're, look, we're on a bunch us. of apps. It's not important. Here's the important part. Also, Here's the important thing. Listen to us. We're, we're t attacking mainstream media right now, but uh, there might come a time when social media comes next. Anybody who's good with parlay and wants to get involved, shoot us an email too. Another plug. There we go. Um, feel free to uh, go to our Facebook page, Carl Pulling Podcast. You can email the show at carlpulling at gmail.com. And I think that about wraps it up. Share with a friend. Tell us what's going on. You know, write into the show. Let us know what's going on in your life. Tell us what you think. Tell us if we're wrong. We love to hear that we're wrong. We love to have conversations. Uh, feel free to know that we'll probably tell you you're wrong right back. Probably feel really better. Bad about the because we've got more <laughs> practice. There we go. <laughs> Uh, feel really bad about that person who wrote in about Krispy Kreme or whatever the heck it was. Uh, that never gonna live There's that. Not down. enough aloe vera in the world. No doubt, no doubt, dude. But yeah. So, anything I missed there, Chris? You want to add? Nothing. I want to add. We love you guys. Do something. Make a change. Take control. Right Don't live the next four years of your political life the same way that you've been living the previous four. And above all of that, seriously now. And above all of that, seriously now, get tested. You think that he's just going to grow up one time, but nope. Get out of the backseat, kids. We're home. <laughs>